Are we referring to your girlfriend as your roommate now? This is an inside joke, Tori. You're muted for the rest of the episode. Wait, wait. <laughs> she gets muted herself. <laughs> 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 She's just gone. I'm going to have to bring down my laughter into my microphone. Oh, my God. I just tried to record an intro, and it is not, well, it is not, it was not, as good as it needs to be for the Corey and Tori trail tips. This episode is what you guys have been waiting for. You sent in questions. There's some seriously valuable information in this episode. We talk about losing toenails. We talk about chafing. We talk about chafing in the weirdest places. Uh, We talk about imposter syndrome. What does it mean when suddenly a few weeks before the race, you're like, why the fuck did I sign up for this? I don't belong here. How do you deal with that when it's happening at the start line with the 10 second countdown? We get right into it. Um, Tori goes on some really great Tori tangents. Corey is a fantastic speaker and I don't even know what he says, but it sounds good. And I do a lot of listening because with these two, there's not a lot, even for somebody like me to get in, if that's okay. To be honest with you, I don't remember what I said. I just remember listening and thinking, wow, you guys are really smart. So that's fantastic. Thank you to everybody who's finding us on Patreon and on my Instagram. That's Hillsport55. Um, a quick PSA. I don't know why that I said that, but quick announcement. The sound quality isn't great for this intro because everybody's sleeping in the house and that's where my recording stuff is, blah, blah, blah. But it sounds a lot better in the actual interview. If you guys have a contact information for Katie Burrell, get it to me. I need to interview this person so I can laugh. That's why we do the podcast, because it's fun. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. Before we get into the episode, quick word from our sponsor, Gooder Sunglasses. Check out again on Instagram for all my favorite pairs. They're no slip. They're no bounce. They're so much fun. They're not super expensive. You can get a billion pairs at 15% off with the discount TRW15 at gooder.com backslash TRW so that you can stock your runs with some really awesome sunglasses. And I'm going to let Corey do the rest of this ad better than I ever could. Sunglasses are all the same, except for gooders, they're not lame. Bright colors and polarized, get that shit to protect your eyes. Today's episode of the Trail Running Women podcast is brought to you by Gooder Sunglasses. I look like such a babe right now. No, I don't. (laughs) Okay, shut up. Are you guys ready? Ready. Due to popular demand, we have, (laughs) to no demand, but we thought it would be a good idea, we have a new Trail Tips episode featuring Corey and Tori. So welcome to the show, regular old Tori and most recent guest, Corey. I love that I'm old now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited. This is great. Uh, We have a lot of alliteration going on. We have two people with basically the same name. Um, you also told us that if we do too many inside jokes that you're muting us for 10 minutes. So I've, I've had to really like be careful about any material that, that I add to the conversation and discussion today. Yes, hundred percent. And that was my biggest concern, mostly with the T, uh, variant in this. So Tori, I have the power with this new platform to mute you. So anything you say that a listener wouldn't understand you're cut for 10 minutes. I get the feeling that this is kind of maybe your way of subtly saying Corey might replace you in trail tips, and this, <laughs> this is your last. This is your last shot. We're gonna try this again. This I is your like, tryout. I feel like I'm being warned in a lot of areas right now. 
That is fantastic. Um, quick, quickly before we get in, I need to say that I had a overwhelmingly awesome response to your episode, Corey. People loved it. So thanks again for all of your sweet insight. Oh, well, yeah, thanks so much. That's great to hear. I'm glad that uh, people in, enjoyed it and yeah, got, got something out of it. So that's, that's wicked. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really stoked to be, uh, to be back on. And you actually, you sold me on your pacing abilities too. So I, we always like to do a little update on our lives and Tori and I haven't chatted in a while. So right after Corey's episode came out, I texted him the day before Katie and I did our hundred K and was like, Hey, we don't have any pacers. If you're doing nothing, do you want to come out? And I did not think you were going to be like, yeah, for sure. And he was like, okay. And came for like the last 20 K. So thank you. That was awesome. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I think you severely overestimate um, what I have going on in my life, which is usually, <laughs> usually not, not that much. No, I um, uh, I actually I had a packed schedule and I was like, what? I get to be part of this. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm so grateful that you shot me a message and allowed me to to join you uh, for a little bit of that. And I know that you recently released an episode on Patreon. I, I'm imagining all about that entire day, but yeah, and I don't know how much you've talked about it in recent episodes that you've recorded uh, because they, they haven't been released yet. But um, yeah, for, I guess for people who don't know, uh, Hillary and Katie rocked 100 kilometers of basically the toughest terrain in all of North America on the North Shore of Vancouver. How are you feeling? And they, one second, they did it fucking fast. Yeah. And they also, um, I didn't call me ignorant. Like I'm, I didn't realize it was over five thousand meters so like the hyperbole you use is like it's a five thousand meter day and like it's the same thing it's like it's a million dollars it's a five thousand meter day it's like all the same it was over five thousand meters it's about 550 yeah and the gps is always wonky i think mine said like 51 but the official i think is 550 um which makes sense because it's an out and back and my way there was more than my way back which doesn't make any sense on my watch but uh yeah it was a really hard day it was the lowest i've ever felt in a long race ever um to some... name too, like pretty shitty oh fuck it was terrible like there was a point where I was a hundred percent like I'm not I can't continue and then I was like I really hope Corey comes because Katie's gonna be on her own um and then Katie just like let me cry <laughs> I've never cried in a race before but she was like how bad is like this rib out of place and I a hundred percent would have rather been in labor again hundred percent it was the worst um and I've had a lot of stupid injuries just the absolute worst but when we got to where we only had 25k left and Corey showed up and just started telling hilarious stories and we kind of like knew that the end was near and we were going to make it, it, we just toughed it out. But um, I just had my third chiropractor appointment since and second physio and I think my rib is like almost back in, but um, I still need a solution to make it stay in permanently. So my next 100k is in the air due to this injury, but wait, so Finney might not happen? Yeah, if it's going to pop out like this again, I just can't do it. Like, it's just stupid, right? I don't understand how... I can't imagine, one, how painful that is. And I can't believe that, like, how you're like, oh, yeah. And then you just, like, kept popping it in. And, like, Andy and Katie were, like, popping it in. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I can't even fathom. Also, did they... Did the Cairo say there was anything about permanent damage from doing that while it was popped out? No, it's just getting... It just gets easier to come out. Like, I'm just ruining the cartilage more and more every time I do it, I think, is what they're saying like making it so that it's it falls out too easily falls out pops out um yeah so there was a lot of time wasted like our we didn't hit our time goal but there was a lot of time wasted trying to like lay on a log and get it back in and all these 
types of things. So, um, I heard that, um, Katie said that, um, when Corey showed up, it was basically like, like everyone kind of thought that was like kind of it. And then you brought them back to life. Yes, he did. He did. He totally brought us back to life. I just showed up. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. But immediately it was like, okay, this is what's going on. I'm reading a book about Greek mythology and this is what Zeus said. And then I was like, oh, we're almost done. Like, I don't even know where I've been in the past while. (laughs) <laughs> it's a, it's a really it's a really great thing when um you've been just working from home all day and not talking to anyone then your friends are like hey come on out and also we've already been uh chilling together for you know 13 or whatever hours and so we're desperate to hear someone else talk about things <laughs> like yeah i would love to just talk to you um there's yeah that's what is that that's probably distance pacing in a nutshell right um, hey, eat some food. Also, I'll just talk. Uh, and, and people love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> totally. And I went home and tried to be like, oh, Corey taught us about like what happens to a bear when it hibernates, but I could not remember any of the statistics <laughs> other than knowing it was impressive. I've paced the end of a 200 miler and I've actually read parts of a book while doing it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Not yeah. So Tori, how about you? Let's get a quick update on uh, on Tori's life and then we'll hear from Corey and then we'll get into our questions. I wish I had more updates other than like work and, you know, taking over the world. Um, not like a ton, you know, I'm going to ride up Mount Washington tonight because that's what I do on a weekly basis. Um, I don't know. Like you feel like, I feel like from the outside, you're settling into your island life a bit. Yeah. I've got like routines such as Mount Washington once a week. Like I've got routines going and that's been really, really helpful. The first six weeks were, were tough. Totally. Um, what also was helpful for settling in was listening to your episode. You and Corey's episode was so good. I, I was like on this bike ride being like, okay, I should just rest. I was like, oh, my apartment's too hot. I need to like get out of the house from 7 to 9 PM. So I like spun out my legs and I usually don't, um, I don't usually listen to like a lot of podcasts anymore. Sorry. That's like a really horrible thing to say. You can delete that. You can edit that out. But I put it on and oh my God, it made me so excited and happy. I almost fell over on the bike. I was laughing so hard. And then after the podcast, I listened to another one with professional comedians in it. Not as funny. What? What podcast? Well, I don't want to like slam them because maybe people have them on the show or something. What did it rhymes with? It rhymes with um, um, girls with feet. <laughs> <laughs> I was so curious to see what you were going to come up with. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's a huge plug, Tori. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, what? quick question, last question. You were having some patella issues, and that's why you're um, – now biking more, how is your knee and what happened? Do you have a diagnosis? Yeah, I'm just trying to like alternate days with biking and jogging and then I basically just jog. But do you know what you did to your knee though? Um, I ignored it in February when it started bugging me on Vertical Tuesday. And I, um, yeah, so I saw this Cairo. We have like a million mutual friends. Um, and then last week it was like pain-free. It was amazing. And so I get, yeah, I just have to, um, he says it's not, yeah, I don't know like a diagnosis, but in terms of like a treatment approach, whatever he did felt great. Um, it kind of hurts again today, but yeah, I feel like my body just, I shouldn't say this, it's like slowly breaking down. Yeah. 
That's a horrible thing to say. But yeah. No, no, I get that. That's 35. Um, Corey, how are you holding up physically? 34. <laughs> I thought you just, are you younger than me? Shit. Sorry, man. Um, Corey, I thought was like younger than me too, but I think you're like 41. Is that what you said? Uh, I will be 40 this year in uh, October. In October. Also, oh, big birthday coming. I don't know. Throughout my dating life. Is that, do you want me to? No, I literally don't. I have no updates. <laughs> okay. Um, so Corey, give yes. us an update on your life. What is the most exciting thing that you are doing in August or September? Yeah, I, uh, oh, oh, wow. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be finding some, some mountains for sure. And, uh, I'm definitely looking at some stuff on Vancouver Island. Uh, there, there's a route that I'm quite excited about, but the other um, sort of running related things that I'm, I'm back into right now is uh, I've started my training cycle for Neenacker 2022, uh, which will be in July 2022. And the goal for that is to beat 2017 Corey, which is when I was probably my, my fittest, I'm guessing. So I do this, I do this like year long uh, training cycle that I've, I've just kind of begun now. Uh, and so it involves going back over a bunch of my old Strava data to go, what the heck was I doing during this time period? And then kind of replicating those, uh, those workouts a little bit. Is there a correlation between, um, when you go back on the Strava data, is there a correlation between like number of high fives recorded in a Strava caption and intervals and PRs? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There is if, um, yeah, if you, if you record, uh, if you get a lot of high fives on your run, then it, it, it makes you go a lot faster for sure. Noted. Trail yeah. tip number one. Yeah. As many post-pandemic <laughs> high fives as yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's a weird, like I do a little bit of a period, periodization, is that the correct term uh, thing where it's like July to December. I'm like, okay, just incorporate intervals, uh, get a bit faster. And then January, February, casual off months, do whatever. And then uh, March onwards, move into like the structured uh, kind of three to five day uh, a week running thing. Uh, and that's that's more or less like how it goes. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty nailed. What is the time that Corey in 2017 did? I think he was about, I have to double check. I think it was around six and a half. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. you have that beat for sure. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Very exciting. Very, so that's a rollover then? You were already in yes, the again? Yes, okay, that's cool. correct. So I, yeah, I lotteried into it, uh, it for, I guess, 2020, then it got bumped and then it, and then it got bumped again. Um, so for, well, I, I, I'm guessing your listeners probably know this, but for those who don't, the Nienackers, uh, I trail race in the North shore, which is basically half of what, um, Hillary did. So it's 48 kilometers, uh, point to point, uh, with about 2,500 meters of vert. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to do that out and back to round it off at 50 both ways. <laughs> that's, <either>. that's right. <laughs> and yeah. And you don't have to do the, the double black mountain and <laughs> demoralize yourself with, yeah, with all that. Um, and I wanted to do it too, but now I want nothing to do with that course for a few years. So yeah. Yeah. Good. You're good. You put in lifetime. That's <laughs> Yeah. One and done. Yeah. Um, also, I have another update. I'm going to the Rockies next weekend for a week or so, 10 days maybe. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's all I got. That's good. We can travel. We can do things. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys ready to get into some questions? Ready. 
Okay, so these are in no particular order. They're in the order that they came in. So like, it's not, they're not, they don't flow together. Sometimes they do that. This time it didn't. So the first one is just totally random. I swear, um, I swear Katie wrote in the first one. No, she didn't. Um, uh, Brittany did. <laughs> Number one, how to stop hot crotch chafe in the summer other than <laughs> ice in your pants. I mean, well, icing your pants isn't going to work because it's going to remove any lube that you already have there. Also, and it's going to add extra moisture. Yeah, it's just going to remove, it's going to wash away any type of lube, whether you put like diaper cream that Hillary does, whether you put uh, Body Glide, whether you put Sport Shield, which I love, um, Vaseline, whatever. Um, I'm not going to get into detail what she actually means by the like crotch because like I've had multiple areas of that region. Get well, hot crotch, I need to know more definition. You're right. Like what, what details a hot crotch chase? Like are we talking about like, I'm not going to say it. I was going to like, yeah. What part, I mean, just don't put ice in your pants is what I would say. Well, this will get a good female and male perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of the diaper cream just because it makes everything kind of glide nicely. And um, if you can wear loose shorts, that's awesome. If you can't, um, yeah, diaper cream and then like just some thin longer tights and then you just have to tough it out. Um, but I feel like the man situation might be different. Corey, what do you define hot crotch chafe as? Yeah. What would you do? I mean, oh, this is like, you told me you were going to mute us if we do inside jokes, but I have a song for this <laughs> Like, you got to lube yourself to the music, the moment. Okay. Um. <laughs> 50K, we have a whole album. That's one of them. Yeah, the so definitely, um, yeah, hot crotch sounds pretty intense. You gotta lube yourself. I I use uh, cycling chamois cream. Uh, I found that works quite well. I know that my um, the the thing is like the stuff I have has a minty tingle, and I don't think that's really great for women at all. (laughs) No. <laughs> maybe, maybe when you're not running it could be great <laughs> is so, this toothpaste <laughs> so <laughs> is it benge or is this lube I'm yeah sure. Corey, are you actually using lube or i just i don't know it was in the tube um no i uh so i know the my girlfriend uses a chamois cream as well but this one is it's called chamois I don't know, like it's B-U-T-T apostrophe R. So I don't know if it's like butter or like butter, um, but that's the brand. And I feel like that's the way to go. You just, you got to lube yourself. Where, where's the end? Well, because the, the chamois butter, like the bottle I have, there's like a woman's and a men's. And now yes. it depends why perhaps the men's one, because I was like, fuck that. Like I'll just buy the men's, but then maybe that makes sense. I didn't because if it was like, you know, ice cold on my yeah. badge. that would that would not be comfortable i do think that is the reason that they have women's and men's uh is because for some reason the men's have like weird minty stuff that they put in for whatever reason the other thing i do is i mean i always i experiment with different like i wear boxer briefs right which i don't think this is really applicable but i experiment with a whole bunch of different underwear like i've tried stuff with just a spandex liner in the shorts. I've tried just my regular boxer briefs. Um, I've tried just like, just kind of wearing the shorts with no underwear. 
and kind of seeing what works best there. Those would be the two things I would do, but definitely lube yourself and don't put any ice down there. I've put ice, I put ice in, actually question about Corey, do you, hold on, just yeah. for both of you, do you, people wear, I don't wear underwear. Do people wear underwear? I wear underwear. I don't know. I don't know if the, I don't know if people do or not. Like I, I find that uh, for me as a guy, it just kind of keeps things more contained, right? Yeah, it'd be like a bra. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm no, I no underwear. For I don't sure. wear underwear. Anyway. I feel like so maybe this person, like maybe part of the chafing could be like what Corey was saying, like there's pieces of fabric going into your physiology. Yeah, and that's not comfortable. Also, the ice in your pants is hilarious because one time I was leaving an aid station and I was overheating, and people like were putting ice on my neck and like down my shorts, and then as I was running away, the ice cubes were going in my butt, and it was quite hilarious. Into your that's interesting. Yeah. I will I, I never experienced that before. Okay, we should be one to number two. <laughs> Baker's learning all about butts right now. It's pretty funny. Oh. Yeah. He's um Um you should show really him interested him. in like buttholes. Yeah, specifically. well the song, you know the song that went viral last year, What's in My Butthole? No, but oh. I should. Yeah, so like um, if a four-year-old sings it, I'm pretty sure it's viral on YouTube. Show Baker that. Okay, yeah, sounds great. Um, okay. Question number two. I, yeah, to summarize, this might be a personal choice. You have to, you have to test out all the options. Yeah. Okay. So. But lube this, yourself. Yeah. Lube yourself. To music. Um, so number two was a response to the call out that I put that you were both going to be on the show together. And it was, oh my God. Yes. And then she said, I'd love to learn how to pack properly. What are the absolute necessities in my pack when I hit the mountains? And I know that this particular runner is doing her first 50 K in October Corey, why don't you go first? What does she have to have in that pack other than lube? Yeah, uh, great question. So, I mean, with, with this sort of thing, always it's going to depend, I think, how long you're going to be out there. But I'm going to speak to it just in a uh, for a racing perspective if you're out there doing a 50K. Um, yeah, you got to have your food, you got to have some water, some salt tabs. Uh, I think for me personally, as far as like equipment that I might want to have while I'm out, bombing around on the trails for long periods of time i always have a whistle on me which is um mine's like i think it's on my little solomon vest it's like built into it that's pretty important because if you kind of get into some trouble people can't hear you yell but a whistle's really loud got my phone got my headlamp got my space blanket and then the most important thing i think is with any stuff that I have in my vest or on me, uh, I'm wrapping it in plastic bags because otherwise I just sweat all over it. And then I go to pull out that extra layer and it's just soaking wet. I'm like, all right, great. That's, I'm not, that's now useless. I thought you did that. That was, su that's such a good tip. I forget that you do that. Yeah. And I just, I use like a little Ziploc bag or just a little plastic grocery bag. Right. And wrap that around my stuff. Um, yeah, that that would be the the number one thing that uh, that I think you should do with uh, with your stuff that you're bringing into the mountains. Yeah, so this person, um, Hillary said that she's doing her first like 50k trail race, but if she's like training in the mountains and remote, like the race is going to be different because you're going to have support and you're going to map out where those aid stations are. But if you're mm -hmm. self sufficient and you're going training in the trails in the mountains, that's a totally different ball game than like what's in your pack for a race when you're paying people to somewhat support you. So, um, 
like, you know, with the whole like 10 essentials thing, it's, you know, navigation, the headlamp, the sun protection, the first aid, knife, fire, shelter, which could be like the space banquet that yeah. Corey mentioned, um, food, water, clothes. I like to have like my little Khaled, Katadin filter, like a little bottle to, so I can fill up and fill up my bladder like when I'm in the mountains. Um, I need a better, I need a good knife because those are sick because sometimes if you are afraid like a cougar is going to chase you, you're like, I got my knife. I'm good. Um, the navigation is key because even if you're just relying on your phone though, you want like an extra charger to run with in case, yes. or like if you do have a fancy like in reach and stuff, just make sure that um, you're not just relying on like one device. It depends how long you're going for and where you're going. But if you're self-sufficient, like you really just want to focus on being self-sufficient. Um, also, I'm going to add, I like, I wrote an article a few years ago and adding to the 10 essentials, the 11th is tampons because they can stop bleeding and they're also, well, yes, they stop bleeding and, but like other parts of your body, they stop bleeding. And then also I really believe that who you go out to remote and new mountains and trails with, um, the people that you're with is like a huge essential um, so group dynamics and knowing what kind of energy you bring to a group and what kind of energy, um, you prefer to have around you. And so people like having the discussion about people's expectations, having the discussion about people's agendas and what their ideas are for that adventure, um, making sure you're all on the same page. Cause not having those discussions can actually mean, can actually be a safety concern. And that's a, that's just a belief I have. And I think it's really important. That is a, I agree. That's a massive and very important thing to do, especially again, like it's, as you said, it, it really is dependent on what your day is going to be like and what your, um, what your objective is. Like, let's say for example, you're putting in a number of hours on the trails, but you're pretty much within 10 to 20 minutes of any, uh, of the city or whatever. That's going to be a little bit different, I think, than if you're going out like big time backcountry. Um, but yeah, like understanding what the people that are going out with you want to do and what their goals are. Are they like, we're doing this massive thing and it's summit or bust or are they like, Hey, I just want to come out and have some fun. And if at any point we're sort of feeling, one of us is feeling uncomfortable, we're just going to turn around. Like understanding that beforehand, I think will save you a lot of strife, uh, and potentially dangerous situations, uh, once you yeah. get out there. Especially if you're not having, if you have those conversations with people and like people don't talk about um, a safety piece of those initial, those pre-conversations, that could be like a big red flag. Um, I I think the the one other thing that I tend to do with any sort of training day is uh, understanding the terrain I'm getting into. And by that, I mean, uh, how much elevation are we going to are we going up to 2000 meters or 2,500 meters? Um, or are we staying pretty low? And if so, yeah, what sort of weather are we looking at? Because stuff can change so quickly in the mountains, even say in Vancouver, downtown Vancouver, where I'm at, we'll go over to the North shore. And a lot of times, uh, it'll be raining on the route that I'm going to be going on and it'll be sunny downtown. And so mountains have different weather systems, like completely. And you, sometimes we forget that too. Cause like trails are so diverse and varied. Sorry, Hillary, we're not like letting you pipe in here, but, um, uh, mountains have huge different weather systems. So like, for example, tonight I'm riding at my Washington and people are like, Oh, is it like riding up Cyprus? No, it is not. It is a lot different because it's a lot harder 
and it's, I don't know why I do it, but um, it's the weather system at the top of Mount Washington, which is like the local resort peak here in Comox Valley. Um, every time I'm up there, it is an entirely different weather system. And yeah. that's the base, that's the base of the ski resort. And so I go up and it will be like, 32 degrees in the valley all right up and I'm bringing even just to cycle down the descent I'm bringing gloves and a jacket and like a toque under my helmet like it's a different system I'll bring socks usually yeah. don't socks. so that's just like on a bike ride on a road with service the whole time I find um, yeah oh sorry go ahead no no the um do you like I love arm warmers that's like arm warmers windbreaker and a buff and I'm, I'm set. That's like, I can, I can drop 10, 15 degrees and I find that to be pretty, yeah. pretty versatile. I like multiple buffs too. I'll always pack more than one buff. Cause like I either have one on my head or my wrist and then I'll have another yeah. one because once they're wet with your sweat, it doesn't do much, but then like a new buff can be like, can bring you back. Oh, it's life-changing. Totally. hundred percent agree. Um, Back to like, I like that we split it up between like, if you're just going on an adventure and you're way out there, I also have a little knife that I bring with me, um, which if you watch alone, you know, can go a super long way, but also just in case. Um, and a bivy sack is really nice and it's thicker than an emergency blanket mm -hmm. and you can actually get right in it. Um, and these are things that are like, if the absolute worst happens and you're like, okay, I've got to wait for rescue. Like I better keep my core temperature down. Cause if you're in shock, like you can get really cold too. Yeah. Um, so having these things, but if we go back to what Corey said originally, like if you're looking for a race or sorry, getting into a race, like then um, you also want to be kind of as light as possible. Yeah. So you can risk it a little more as far as like the extra safety gear. If it's a 50 K in the day and you know that the aid stations are close together. If it's a race where it's like, okay guys, here's your safety list. Cause you're going to be way the fuck out there. Listen to it. The race directors put that in for a reason. Um, like we've saw what happened, the tragedies recently, weather can change. And some of these races are super remote, but if it's more of a local, like Corey was saying, where, you know, you're kind of near safety all the time. I think you can read the situation. Um, so maybe you still have your emergency blanket in there because it's small and light um, but carry just a little bit extra water to get to that next aid station. I always have a little bit extra food. Um, and then just know going into the aid station, like I'm going to drop this garbage and I need to get more food and break it down to like what you need for each 10 K section. And then always have just like a little extra, yep. but for a race, you can get away with food, water, a little bit of emergency supply, and then like your chafing cream and you don't need to go all out on much more. I don't think. Yeah. Unless your 50 K is going to be like a 24-hour one or whatever. Yeah, like you're paying people to like help you be sufficient. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the aid stations are 7K yeah. apart and you know you're always in a place where they can get you. Yeah, but if you're, if it's like a point to point and you only have one aid station, then like don't fuck around. Exactly, right. yeah. I would agree with that for sure. If I was racing yeah. and there are a bunch of aid stations then I'm trying to bring pretty much the minimum gear yeah. uh, possible to stay, to something, stay we, something we didn't mention about like when you're self-sufficient, when you're being self-sufficient, Terraberry always, always brings an extra pair of socks. I don't really do that, but just a thought to throw it out there to add to the list of essentials. I always bring hand sanitizer. Like you always <laughs> 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 If it's really long, you know, and I've eaten enough blueberries the day before, you never know what you're doing. So. Yeah, yeah, like Katie was saying that she even like was looping herself during your, your guys' 100K and it the sweat was just like unmanageable for her for some reason and like the lube wasn't working, but like having the extra lube. Um, yeah. 
God, she taped bad. She was really patient with me in my like darkest place too. <laughs> Very patient. Well, she, I was like, oh, like I looked at them. She was here last weekend visiting and I looked at her thing. I was like, oh, that's fine. I was like, it's not to dumb it down. It was painful as fuck, I'm sure. But I was like, oh, that one won't leave scar tissue. Like, I love how that is the fucking like the standard. Like, oh, if it doesn't leave permanent scar tissue damage on your body, like the TV wasn't that bad. It was that bad. Maybe she just healed well. Like it was, it was disgusting. I was trying not to re- react when she showed me. I was oh like, oh no, God. that's fine. Like we can, we can fix this. But my brain was like, oh my good God. <laughs> uh, and then she was like, what are you singing right now? And I was singing a song um, from Father John Misty. That's just so depressing. And the whole chorus is just like, punch me in the face you can call me nancy and she was like i don't know that maybe a new song <laughs> um okay number three how do you ladies also Corey, deal with imposter syndrome please tell me other runners experience this it can be soul crushing the last few weeks of training before a race who am I? What was I thinking signing up for something this hard? I'm not an ultra runner. I'm a wannabe. My mind tries so hard to sell me out. I hate it. Jessica. Well, Jessica, at least you're not a has-been. Not even a has-been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not even a has-been. I think you have to have been in order to be a has-been. <laughs> um, I'm so curious what like, what the male perspective is on this, but I guess I'll bring like a clinical psychological perspective to this um I don't think this just happens in races I think this happens all the time and I'm actually starting to notice it a lot more um in a bunch of different contexts the the racing and adventuring part I think is like a fun thing because okay so um yeah I've had it in like work recently and then I kind of like working with like levels of government at the high level you realize that like I should say this a lot but like no one knows what they're doing really and so just kind of approaching life no one knows what they're doing and also at start lines um when I've had this at start lines or during a race and I've noticed the imposter syndrome thoughts come up um one idea as I do is I'll be like if I think it's really hard and I'm struggling I'll look at them and be like oh I'm sure they're struggling way more than me like at least I'm not struggling as bad as them even if they look awesome and fast you're like they're probably going through more discomfort than me um and then I'll also kind of just say to start line that like I'll tell myself that I'm like stronger and faster than like anyone there um that's what kind of helps during a race um yeah I can go into like a more clinical um perspective but let me let Corey talk (laughs) the um yeah I think I think this is really normal I think that anytime I have ever done a race and especially when it's something that is either new so i have not done this type of race or distance before or uh it is something that is at the limit of my ability like maybe i've set an aggressive goal for myself and i am am trying to achieve that i'm pretty much freaked out uh and super scared and have all sorts of doubts and then when i get to that last uh week or two where maybe week and a half where I'm really uh, tapering back the amount of activity that I do so I can be fresh for the race, I freak out even more. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my fitness. What am I doing? I love, who am I? That is, that is uh, exactly what I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the way that I've, I've dealt with it is, first of all, I just accept that 
yeah, that is that is pretty normal because this is a new thing. And, and, and there's, and there's the unknown, the component of the unknown is, is always unnerving to some degree. Uh, I will try doing, I do some, like, I call them like rational replacement thoughts. Uh, and so what? I will, I will, oh, what? Nothing. Go, Corey. <laughs> just go counselor, Corey, just go. <laughs> so I don't know if this, I'm curious, Tori, you'd be able to tell me if this is like basic cognitive behavioral therapy, but I'll, I'll be like, okay, I'm freaking out. Oh my God. I'm so nervous. What am I doing? And I'll go, okay. What is my, like, what is the story I'm telling myself? What is the thought pattern that I'm telling myself here? Is it that I can't do this race? Okay. Well, let's look at like maybe a rational replacement thought, which would be, oh, I've, I've put in, um, X amount of training. I've done this. This data shows me that I can do this race. Um, and I'll, I'll literally say that out loud to myself alone. Um, and I find that does help change my mindset a little bit. Um, I do a similar thing to you as well, Tori. I like this. I also really tap into my own ego in a big way. And I will just, I'll, I'll just be like, you have, I'll say to myself, Corey, you've trained, you are faster than all these people here. You are better than all these people here. You can like, you can go out and do this. And it's, it's really weird because it is, um, I create a chip on my shoulder basically. And I use that to tell myself that I'm really badass and that I can complete whatever uh, goal that I I'm set out to complete without actually feeling those thoughts. Like I, I'm actually not um, thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to beat all you people like, ha suckers. But it is, it's, it's, it's like almost creating the opposite story. Uh, that's how I've, I've yeah, there's actually science behind like the whole fake it till you make it thing. Like if you actually yeah. show yourself things, there's science and research to show that it actually can provide like a physiological body response or like actually make you believe it, even if you don't believe it saying it or thinking it and repeating it. And in terms of like the ego at the start line thing, even if I'm like, fuck, I, I know for a fact, like Caitlin Gerben shows up and you're just like, I'm fucked. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm like, okay, I'm not stronger than Caitlin Gerben at this point in my life or ever, but you're, I actually, what I found really, really helps at races, like in that moment of when it's really un, all the uncertainty and like nerves is um, I'll be like, I'm going to have way more fun than anybody out here. And I'm going to make fun of like all the suffering. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to get like five new names of people that I pass. And I make it like, just like a ridiculous, because running ultras is so ridiculous. Like it's really, really hard. And we want to acknowledge yeah. that, but it's also such a ridiculous niche sport or activity that it's hilarious. And so just reminding yourself, like, this is ridiculous what I'm doing. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I want to do my best and like a lot of it might suck, but I'm also going to have more fun than anyone else out there. And I'm going to make fun of this process. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm doing, and, and for really for any distance too, I think I'm doing a, a mile race on Monday and, and it's just like, I, I haven't done uh, like sprint work like that for a while. And yeah, you just kind of, you're like, well, this is going to suck. Let's just embrace that. And, 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 and then, I, and, and it's, it's almost like you're standing, you know, getting ready to jump off a, a diving board or like a really high diving board or something. You're like, uh, and just go. And then yeah. like, once you are going, you kind of now are you're in, you're it. in it, you're in it. It's funny. Cause like, 
I'm so happy you're doing the mile race on Monday. Like you could not do that on Tuesday or Wednesday or any other day. You have to do it on Monday. Yeah. You have to do it on Monday. Um, and I think what (laughs) alliteration. Oh, I get it. I was like, I don't understand. Why can't you do it on a Tuesday? I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck I go up Mount Washington on a Thursday right now. It's not Mount Washington Monday. It's not hump day hill. (laughs) I'm so screwed. It's like a big, it's an obstacle right now. I think Corey nailed it. Like the acceptance piece is huge. Cause before you even start count, like wanting to analyze the thought or fight the thought or change or alter the thought, you have to just like fully accept this is where I'm at and accept those emotions because emotions are indicators and those indicate, and they usually indicate thought patterns. So once you've accepted it, you can indicate and know and identify what the thought is. Um, and if you want to tweak it, like what Corey mm-hmm. talked about, what did you call them? Uh, rational replacement thoughts. Yeah. So you can call them that you can call them like, so the, the thought there's a cognitive distortion. That's, that's perhaps like bringing about these like feelings of nervousness and anxiety. Um, so those automatic negative thoughts or cognitive distortions are thinking traps, which we've talked about before with Hillary. Um, you can replace them. You can like replace them or, um, you can accept them, replace them. Um, or you can actually just choose to get rid of them entirely. Replacing usually works because, um, that's more effective. Sometimes if it's too overwhelming, like I use the same tools you guys are all using and I just like to watch um, the really old school um, Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em videos. <laughs> and once you see enough full sunrise uh, body checks, you're like, <laughs> I'm fucking ready. Like I'm, I'm not, like watch the, if you watch the one with Stevens, like this guy's one of the best defensemen of all time. And like, you just get this thing from his eyes and you're like, oh, he's a different person when he's playing hockey and it will transfer hundred percent. It feels fantastic. <laughs> uh, um, and then same tools, like think about what are your strengths. And so for me, like I am probably not ever going to be like naturally as good of a runner as like X, Y, or Z, but I can be like, I guarantee throughout July and August, I was more dedicated than them and missed fewer workouts because I didn't miss any. So mm. like, you know that like no one else put in the time that you did or, or whatever. And that also can come back when you're feeling unmotivated to be your why. Be like, if I get this done every day, I can use this yeah. to fuel me later mentally. Yeah. And then if it's too much where I'm just like, I don't even want to go because I'm feeling stressed out. What's the worst that can happen? You get 10K in and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. No, I'm not ready for this. Does my parents still love me? Like, am I still in my house or do I go home and I've been like, removed from the building like if that's the case we've got bigger problems but probably your life is normal and you're gonna go to work and you're like oh i dnf to race and people are gonna go what the fuck does dnf no one gives a shit (laughs) (laughs) and what's the best that can happen you have the best race of your life and you blow from it for a week and you go to work and people go i still don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) it's true like the i I meant to mention yeah the worst case scenario is like really it can totally help with imposter syndrome because like the fact that you're even signing up, it means you're like courageous and a badass in general. And so, um, people, and then if you think your imposter syndrome is bad, let's play the, like everyone else is way worse than yours. Oops. I muted myself. We got to move on because we, I feel like that's such a good question, but I feel that was thorough from all parties. I have, I have one, one final thing. I I just want to add to that. Um, all that, all that said, make sure you rest on that that week and a half before don't let your imposter syndrome let you overtrain. oh that's such a good point because part of that is that you're tapering and you're just feeling gross that's literally my first note and i didn't even get to it my first note was you are having taper tantrums so 
make sure you're tapering properly for 10 days at least. You, you, my coach asked me what, what I would have done different for the 100K. And I was like, I would not have followed my friend around for 55K two weeks before. And he was like, yeah, yeah probably dumb. <laughs> you will not lose any fitness over two weeks. No. Just, you, yeah. you just, you oh, and I have a really good taper trick. If you are getting tantrumy and you are like not wanting to knit or paint, um, you're like, okay, I need to fucking do a shakeout jog or like something, even if it's like for two miles and you're not really allowed to jog or something. Um, you put on, you bake something and you put on the oven and you're like, and you put on the timer and you're like, I cannot be gone for more than 15 minutes or something. And then it makes you not run too far. That's smart. During your taper. Or get a puppy. Um, okay. Okay. So one word answer to number four. As a new runner, I have to ask, do you ever stop losing toenails? Corey, go. Uh, yes, I have hardly lost any toenails. No. I get bigger shoes or stop pulling your socks so tight. Shut up. Interesting. Tori, thoughts? Uh, Corey's way more analytical than me. I was just going to be like straight up, no. <laughs> but like, I said, I already answered it. I was like, no. No. But I know some shoes make it worse than other shoes, but overall... It happens. It does happen. I love a good, yeah. If you have a podiatrist that does medical pedicures, the, um, that can be really helpful. Um, but generally, no. Um, and if you want nice toenails, you're in. You're doing the wrong hobby. Totally. I said that to Tara, and she's like, "Oh, we're in such a glamorous sport, haha." And I was like, "I'm going to be honest with you. It is glamorous because I get punched in the face way less often now than I used to." And she oh, was like, yeah. "Less often." <laughs> true. True. <laughs> <laughs> last last question this one's a little bit complicated hi i love your podcast i'm preparing for my first 15k race and i wonder how many times a week should i run there should be a period there okay so the question is how many times a week do you run for 15k this is where she's at now mm -hmm. so far it's four times a week three times on my lunch and one long one on a saturday plus i walk the dogs and i do some mountain biking so good cross training i incorporated speed training or strides. And I usually do 5k during lunch on the weekdays. And my Saturdays goes from six to eight to 10. And then so on. Mm -hmm. I'd love your opinion if possible. Love the show. And it's my daily routine. And I work on the road. So I have plenty of times to listen to your show. I don't think she's far off. I've got a couple of notes. But mm -hmm. Tori, let's hear your professional opinions. Professional first. Opinion. Oh my god, I love this. That's so exciting. I'm just curious about the 15k trail race and what that terrain and what the elevation would be like in that because I think her times per week sounds wonderful. And um, also I would like more details about what the times and distances are for her weekday lunch runs. And then also for the one, like what does she consider a long run and how is that progressing over time or periodizing? And then also, yeah, I'm curious about like the terrain that she's getting. Cause it sounds like she's got a really, really good base, but then I'd be curious about maybe perhaps she could tweak the training so that it's geared towards that specific um like, is she doing any hills? Is she just doing like flat road, but she's actually climbing a fucking mountain for the race? I don't know. That's all. Sorry, I for was now. muted. For now. I think those are really good questions. You're right to make that more detail. As far as the overall training plan, like, yeah, you're doing probably the right thing. I would just make sure that every like fourth week, instead of increasing that long run, just bring it down and cut out your speed work and let your body adapt to what you're doing. Um, and then, yeah, just, I guess as you get closer, get to more race type terrain. Um, but as far as like the frequency, I think she's pretty good. Um, and the cross training sounds good without being totally out to lunch, mm -hmm. like as in too much. 
Um, Corey, thoughts? Yeah, I um, I had actually a uh, few similar questions that Tori did. Like uh, I was, I sort of went under the under the assumption first of all that uh, perhaps her goal is to complete because it's her first uh, trail race. Uh, I would have questions about the terrain of the race, and I think like if you're able to simulate some of that terrain in your training, then that's really helpful. I think her three to four runs a week is pretty much bang on, especially because she's doing. Uh, it sounds like a little bit of cross training plus staying active with the dogs. Um, if, if it was me and this is again, pretty broilerplate because there are some specifics and like how fast are you currently running? What's your actual goal for the race? Is it to complete? Or are you looking to, you know, kind of go for something specific? I would probably be doing a similar, I'd be doing a, maybe like a three run a week workout, um, with possibly a fourth, but I think three is, is kind of plenty. Uh, one of those would be uh, speed work. I think her 5K, if she was doing like 5K of intervals, that would be plenty, like a warm up, five by 1K uh, and a cool down with recovery in between. I mean, you get fast off of that. Um, one steady state run where you're just kind of, you know, doing your running at a sustainable pace, you're putting some effort in, um, but you're not killing yourself, uh, ballpark 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, but again, I mean, ad adjust based off of your ability. And yeah, I think the long run I thought was, uh, pretty much bang on as well. I would, I would be guessing you'd probably be running for 45 minutes to an hour 15, but again, adjusting based off of, uh, where you're currently at. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I was seeing. So I think, I think, uh, I think she's pretty on it. I think that you're definitely set to finish your first 15K trial race for sure. Yeah, the confidence is key. Thanks for that, Corey. That's great. And uh, I think the other uh, two things I have uh, that I always like to look at when I'm, when I'm looking at training, like how are you sleeping? I think sleep is so, so important. Uh, and your recovery is one of the most overlooked pieces of, of training for anything. Uh, if you're not, if you're sleeping like five, six hours a night, most of your training is getting wasted. Um, and yeah, just make sure to make sure to hydrate, make sure to eat. So good. We often overlook those things because yeah. they're supposed to be just like, you assume they're always taken care of, but you're absolutely right. Like if you're not getting sleep, you're just wasting yeah. the training because you're breaking your body down, but you're never rebuilding it back up. So you're just yeah. making yourself weaker. Yeah. I, I have a question for, for both of you because you do, um, you know, actual coaches. Um, and I'm just a guy that does some running. But, uh, do you typically get people to train off of time or do you typically train them off of distance when they're doing their workouts? I do distance, but I know that it, uh, that's a lie. If it depends where they are in their training, um, I will do mostly distance, but when they start at their brand new, I'll usually do time, but if they're doing for uh, training for something super technical, I won't just give blank distances. I want to yeah. know more detail about the, what those, what those distances entail. Yeah. That's funny. I was always distance and like people would be like, can we do time? And I was like, mm, that freaks me out a bit because I want to make sure that you're getting the appropriate distance in right. for the race. But now my coach that's coaching me is a hundred percent by time. And it, at first I was like, okay, he's my coach. I'm going to let him have the brain. So I'll just do it. And it turned out to be exactly the same as my training last year. That was by distance, <laughs> um, 
which is totally crazy because he's from Australia. So he doesn't even know the terrain out here. Um, and I don't know if I wasn't hitting those distances, if we would have shuffled things around a bit or not, but trying like the long runs by time, especially we're trying to get to the most race type terrain. So it did fit really well. I now use both. So if it's like leading up to a week to a run or sorry, a race, and it's like a taper, yeah, they might have weeks that are like 12K, 10K, 14K or something. But then instead of being like 5K, 6K, I'm like an easy 30 minutes on whatever terrain. Right. So in case they, for some reason, get to super technical, they're not doing a 5K that's an hour and a half and blowing themselves up. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm kind of having fun using both. And I do think if they're training for their first 50 and they're more of a beginner, then I would probably lean towards time so that you don't end up with someone being like, Hey, I did my 40 K today and I was out there for 14 hours. Cause then you're like, Oh shit, I've got to now get you recovered. <laughs> and yep. it's helpful. It is helpful. Like I have, um, somebody in Scotland right now that I'm training who I think I have a pretty good idea of where they're at, but if I didn't, I might go by time more because I, I just have no idea right. what she's running on over there. Yeah. That makes but sense. It, it's, it's actually been fun from an, um, the coachee perspective because I don't, go, oh my God, I'm 20K. I have 15K left. That sounds so long. I'm just like, oh, another half hour's gone. Another half hour's gone. I pay no attention to the distance. So yeah. it's kind of an, it's a nice mental shift too. It's, it's nice until it's really hard. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> I, have, I have 10, I have 10 minutes left. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but 10 minutes feels a lot easier than 2K, right? I, it depends. <laughs> it depends. This is like the, the, the summary of the entire podcast. It depends. Um, yeah. Always. But then there is the, I'll say one last thing. Katie's like, stop, stop stopping your watch. Like Strava oh. will take the like time away. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but my total time goes to training peaks. So if we keep running on a Saturday and visiting with every other person that we see, my right. wa- my run looks like it's 18 hours and we only ran for four of them. So I'm like, have, I, and the whole like a lot, we won't get into the fucking a lot time for Strava bullshit, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's funny. I might be working if I can work things out with my body. I might be working with a new coach. I can talk to her tomorrow. Um, more on that to come. And I want Hillary to have her on the podcast also. Um, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Also, I want to hear, I don't think we have time, but I want to hear about Corey's new roommate. <laughs> Are we referring to your girlfriend as your roommate now? This is an inside joke, Tori. You're muted for the rest of the episode. Wait, wait. <laughs> she gets muted herself. <laughs> she's just gone i'm gonna have to bring down my laughter into my microphone oh my god oh that's so funny um this weekend you're getting the roommate yes i am but uh we'll we'll talk about that offline because i don't want to get my mic muted either can we are you still in a relationship pardon me are you still in a relationship of course of course i'm like is this how we're outing this okay so that's good so you and megan have a roommate together uh no megan's moving in uh this weekend (gasps) Oh, I didn't know you didn't already live together. I thought someone was joining you. Uh, yeah, no, no. He, no. Dropped the girl, he dropped the girlfriend card like at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Congratulations. Is this because of my pep talk I gave you at kilometer 80? Um... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm muted. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just Corey takes home the episode. Okay, well, this is me trail running with podcast. <laughs> Hillary and Tori are muted and... Everybody <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with some weird sponsors. We'd like to thank Gord's Chinchilla Ranch for their continued support. 
We do. This sponsor, this episode's going to be sponsored by Gooder. So let's um, let's bring it home with that, Wait, guys. Give me your top think, favorite things about Gooder. Go we, now. Are you to sing a song about Gooder off the cuff? Yes, that's how we're going out. This is going to be the Gooder sponsorship. I can't wait till they listen to it. Go, Corey, Gooder sunglasses. Do you need to look really great? All the other colors I hate, but not the ones on the bright Gooder sunglasses. Wear them today. That was a bad song. I'm going to story that later. I think that was remarkable. Tori, do you want to give it a shot? What's your Gooder song? I there's no way I can follow up that follow after that. Come on. What? No, I it's usually I come up with really good songs. My creativity is um amplified when I am suffering in the mountains. Yeah, where uh, where ours was um every day I'm huffling. Oh, that was so good. And it was a good one. Huffling, huffling. Um, Corey, can we talk later about this thing you dropped about like, oh, some cool roots on the island? Like, am I involved in this? Uh, or are you coming to Finney? No, I, uh, oh, oh, wow, geez. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, it, yeah, I was thinking uh, Golden Hind uh, for sure. You just want to, uh, you want to lose your gains again, don't you? I, I do. I definitely, I definitely would like to. Oh, this is all, this is all inside jokes. This whole life. <laughs> People will love it. Okay, yeah, let's actually will. sign off. I got to take the dog to the vet for his I got to go to the with important government people. And I just have to continue doing what I'm doing, which is now making up a better song for Gooder to avenge what I just said. <laughs> can you, if you do it, can you send me a voice note and it will actually go in the in the intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can definitely do that for sure. Thank you. I'll, I'll give you a payout. Um, $14. <laughs> so, um, Tori, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can slide into my DMs on the gram at Tosho at T-O underscore S-C-H-O. Corey, when, where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me at uh, runguides.com, uh, both on oh. Instagram at runguides or uh, through the website, www.runguides.com. Are you sponsored right. by you- TNT, Corey? Pardon me? Are you sponsored by TNT. Fuck, another inside joke. <laughs> okay. You guys, go get out of here. Okay, thank you so much. We will probably do this again. Have a good rest of your day. Corey, my job. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>